Hi, Sean. It's Dave here. Hi, um, can I just start with the team news, please, to start with? Has, has everyone come through okay over the last yeah. few days? Yeah, we're, we're pretty good at the minute, which is good news. Um, Virgin Dale Stevens, he's not ready yet. He needs some game time, but he's back on the grass training with us regularly. Um, that's good. Aaron Lennon's got a bit of illness, so we'll wait and see if he's available. Um, but everyone else is looking good. And for Dale, he's back on the grass. How long do you think it will take for him to join in with a group? First of all, we need to... No, he's joining with the group. Um, it's just game time now, so we need to see when he's ready for the games because we be building up to that point. Um, but, he, you know, he's, he's getting stronger all the time. So he's back with the group training um, regularly and normally, if you like. The next stage is to get him into game time. As in, okay. you know, reserve games and stuff to build him up. Sure. Um, <clears throat> if I can ask about Nick Pope as well. Uh, we spoke to him a little bit earlier on this morning. Uh, and he was talking about getting himself back to, to form, basically, since the injury. Um, what do you make of his recent performances? I know he was standout, really, against Tottenham and made a key save, got key saves against Brentford. What do you make of his form? Yeah, I think he's been terrific. I, I think he's a terrific keeper around anyway. Um, you know, he wasn't far off, um, but he'd been out a while and getting that real sharpness. Um, and I think that's back. I think he's been performing well. Um, top keeper, simple as that, in my view. There's obviously lots of competition, particularly at international level, but do you think he's he's back to the sort of level he was pre-injury now? Yeah, I certainly think so. Um, he continues to get his eye in and the detail within his performances, but I think he's, you know, the way he's been performing the last few games, I think he's made really important saves, as you uh, mentioned. But not just that, the basics of his game, reading the game, you know, and, and coming out for cross, which obviously he does so well, um, and the confidence to do that. And he's and he's back on that level as well. So it's not always the the glamour stuff you see in goalkeepers, which of course is vital when they make big saves. It's also the basics and how they're doing them. And I think he's doing that very well. And uh, he also talks about his future at the club as well. So he says he sees his long-term future at, at Burnley. Um, so it's an exciting time to be at the club, new owners, new exciting signings. Does it, does it please you to hear that? Yeah, I think it's always pleasing when you've got your, your you know, your top end of your playing market with a, with us, and he's certainly that. Um, when they want to be here, they enjoy being here. Um, they can see the progress that's being made. They're, they're well aware, you know. Um, they keep up with what's going on at the clubs. So, you know, it's like still a, a process. You know, it's not about just throwing money everywhere. It's about how we can keep layering up. But I think him and a, and a few of the players have noticed that the you know, the players we've brought in are effective and they are beginning to affect the group and rub off on the group. Um, and I think players want to see that. It's not just me. You know, fans want to see it, of course, but players want to see that, their own group. You know, that newness, that edge, and also players who they start to look at and think, yeah, I, I think you can add to what we do here. And I think that's important. Other international-wise, uh, Wayne Hennessy, Connor Roberts in the Wales squad, are you are you comfortable with, with someone like Connor who's obviously come back from injury, that he, he's good to play two games in three, four days for Wales? Well, he's certainly a very fit type of lad. We know that. He went away and played some minutes the last time round, which I thought was maybe a bit quick. But once they've gone international, it's not my decision. Um, this time round, he's had more training, of course. He's had a game for us as well. So I think he's, he's better equipped. Um, and, and he's done very well for us. Yeah, he did very well in the game, but I think he's doing very well in what we do here at the training ground as well. Chelsea this weekend. Um, I guess you go into this one with, a, with confidence. I mean... He, your performance levels have been good anyway, but to get that first victory, has, has there been an extra bounce around the place? And are you, are you going into this Chelsea game fully confident? 
Yeah, I mean, look, you have to be reality-bound in the Premier League. You know, it's not easy winning games. Um, it's not something that happens all the time. There are challenges in the Premier League, you know, and it's when your team's like us, you do lose some games, and that's hard to take. But there has to be um, a consistency within who you are, what you do, as well as the, the professional side of it. And I think we have a nice balance to that. And then when the wins come around, of course, they just add to the, the feel-good factor. I think we try and keep a positive place here anyway, um, with the players and the staff and the way that we operate. But of course, you get a win and a deserved win, and then that adds to that, and adds that feeling of what it is to be an individual in football but also a team in football so it's definitely there but I do think we're a, we're a positive sort of thinking um, unit as, uh, you know regardless of what the challenges are but it does add to it when you win games of course I think the last time you, you beat Chelsea was August 2017 it was a bit of a crazy bonkers game from, from what I remember of it it was Antonio Conte in charge then and now he's back in the Premier League um, with Tottenham, you're going to be playing them at the end of the month and you obviously played a Nuno team not so long ago as well. How do you think a Conte-Tottenham team will evolve given your previous experience against Conte teams? We'll see. I mean, you know, he's, he's obviously excelled as a manager. We all know that. His record says that. Um, did fantastically well at Chelsea in the, in the first season, of course. And I mean, I don't know. He might change. He might operate in a different way. I'm sure um, managers have a way that they think they should operate, but he might look at the group differently to the groups had previously. So I think it'd be interesting to see if he does change as in tactical change, because obviously at the Chelsea did the three at the back a lot. Um, if he decides different, um, learning about the players, I'm sure he'll know a lot of the players, but learning about them when you work closely with them. Um, and they're rubbing off on the way he thinks it's necessary. I mean, he's already mentioned about that calmness and you know stability. So I, I would imagine that's his first port of call, as he said. And then, you know, suss out the players. But he's worked with many, many good players. So I think he will work them out and the best thing that he can do with them. Uh, he likes the celebration as well. We've seen him running down the touchline, jumping in the crowd. Uh, Similar I just to myself, he, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I wonder whether you could ever do that yourself. No, look, to be honest, everyone has their own style. I haven't knocked any manager that I've worked against, played against, who I know, uh, sorry, um, uh, my teams have played against. Well, no, everyone has their own style. You know, I have mine. It suits me. Everyone has their own way of doing it. I'm not to judge anyone. Simple as that. I think uh, when Thomas Tuchel took over at Chelsea, uh, he got his first victory in charge against you. How do you think that they have moved on since then, obviously winning the Champions League? Are they, do you think, a more slick machine now, Chelsea, than they were perhaps in January? I think they're using good players wisely. They've got very, very good players. They've got a very, very strong squad. Um, I think everyone knows that, you know, and I, and I think he's finding a way of using them the, the, wisely, the wisest he can. Um, and so far, it's showing how strong they are. They've, you know, they were the ones who come out the the situation and kind of spent a real, real lot of money um, to to strengthen. Uh, I know they'd been in an embargo before that, but you know, in that investment as well as the the coaching idea and how they're doing that, it w looks like it's paying off. Um, I thought Frank was doing a good job personally, but not for me to decide what happens at these football clubs. Um, but new manager definitely had an effect. That's fair to say, and they're a good outfit without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Maxwell Cornet, I just want to ask you about him as well. Uh, he he uh, did an interview with Sky where he said his idol was Didier Drogba. Obviously, different type of players, but would you would you like a, a Drogba esque performance from Maxwell this weekend? Yeah, I don't think you can have the same performance because they are radically different in their stature and their physique and the way they play. Uh, but Drogba was a fantastic player, without a doubt. You know the the physical presence that he had, but also the the talent and the performance and and. I think players like that we matured into a team player as well. So, yeah, I mean, look, Maxwell's enjoying his football here. We want him to continue to do that. He's 
understanding by the day, you know, how we work and how we operate and the players rubbing off on him and him rubbing off on them. So, so far, it's a good mixture. So we want that to continue. Thanks, Sean. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Thanks, David. Uh, Becky Ives, are you on? Uh, I am indeed. Let me just find the old... There we go. Hello. I'm good. How are you, Sean? Splendid. Good, good, good. Um, right, let's talk about Matt Lawton because very impressive last weekend. Lawton, Lawton, he'll go mad. Lawton, I think sorry. I, know, I think I think he told me it's his dad that doesn't like it, so it's Lawton. We all there call we him Louts. Yeah, Correct. we all call him Louts, but apparently I think it's his dad doesn't like that. It's Lotes. Got it, Lotes. Well, let's talk about Lotes popping up in the box with a goal. I mean, assists as well. Is this something that we can expect to see with him pushing slightly? higher up and maybe contributing going forward yeah hopefully not um, don't want to see him in the box <laughs> that often that wouldn't probably be beneficial to us <laughs> over a season's work but it's nice when the picture looks right you know he made a great run forwards and once you're in there as long as the team are balanced behind that which I think they were then then of course we want players to score from anywhere in the pitch um, certainly assist wise he's a very talented player I still think he can add to more assists than some of the passing range he's got which he which he does do but I think he could continue uh, continue sorry to add to that and and getting forwards because he is a very good player. He, he sees the picture well. Um, he's talented with the ball technically, and I think he can still improve. And you know, I think the added uh, competition or competitive element with Connor coming in, and of course Bardo, who's a seasoned campaigner, a very good pro. Then I think um, you know that's a good mixture. Well, I was going to ask you: Do you think he plays better under pressure? Well the, well, the, well, the concept that I've spoken about on, on here, and, and when we talk about recruitment, is subliminal pressure. So. It's not that players don't necessarily, you know, drive up and down when they come to training, worrying and thinking it over, you know, every day. But it's just like that training pressure when, you you know, you realise good players are around you and it just adds on to your performance level because obviously if it doesn't add on to your performance level, then you don't stay in the team. You know, it's a, a simple equation. But I don't mean they just sit there talking about it. I think there's that, that sort of inner voice inside of yourself when you're a professional footballer. When there's players around you coming in and you look at them and you think they're decent players, then I think that just gives you that little extra edge in your training, that little extra edge in performances. But like I said, I don't think something that you... Um, you're always that aware of. Um, you know, I played long enough myself. It's just like a subliminal thing when you just think, right, okay, I need to be on my toes. And then, you know, you've got to perform well. And Chris Wood getting a goal, ending his little mini dry spell, we'll call it. Is he a confidence player? So now he's got one. Do you expect them to sort of flow? All players are confidence players of some sort. Um, some just hold their levels a bit higher for longer. I think Wood is a very, very good finisher. I think he's a very good all-round player. You know, it's tough It's tough for centre-forwards in the Premier League. You know, if you look at the records and the stats and the facts, not many, you know, there's some of these players, I mean, Harry Kane the other week was getting questioned. I'm looking at him and think, wow, if you're getting questioned for your, what, what the level he's at, um, it's fair to say players maybe not the level he's at get questioned. You know, and if Chris Wood's getting questions about himself, I still think he's a very good finisher. I did say recently that the stats start coming towards you, of course, as a, as a centre-forward. As long as you're getting in the right areas, you will score goals. I believe him and our centre-forwards, our other centre-forwards, can score goals. Um, you know, so I think, I think the stats come back towards you, but you've got to go and make it happen. And the players that, you know, the players that make a difference over careers are the ones that go and make it happen. They don't wait for it to happen. And it's something that I preach here a lot to the players. You know, it's down to us to make things happen. And, uh, and I think he showed that with the, the intent of his goal against Brentford. Um, but he's not been far away himself, the same as the team. But I'm pleased he got a goal because he deserves it for his continued work ethic and continued belief in being a centre forward who can score goals. Happy. Sean, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Becky. Good to Radio Lights. 
Good afternoon. All right, Beardy. There's a very Jay Rodriguez-esque haircut when I turn to the side there. Sort of a mixture of the elephant man and Jay Rodriguez. Hmm, I think mixture. haircut would be a strong word, wouldn't it? Well, hairstyle, sorry. That's a fair point. That's a fair point well made. OK. Um, I just wanted to pick up on the Nick Pope thing from, from earlier. Competition for international recognition, England goalkeepers, there's a few coming to the fore. Does he need to have a sort of consistent spell of really good performances to get himself back in that equation and... and there was a time, of course, that he was knocking on the door for number one for his country. Very unfortunate with an injury, um, but it was one that needed doing, and he knew that. Um, very pleased that he's come through that and looking very sharp. I think what he, his, his, his main focus is keep playing well. I think, you know, players, of course, think about the bigger picture of their careers, and it's inevitable, and their agents and family members, sometimes friends. But the main focus is what you're doing on a daily basis, what you're doing in the games, and the next game is the most important. I preach that all the time to the players. Um, and I think he's doing that. I think he's just focusing on day-to-day, -day, getting sharper, getting his reflexes sharpening, and his all-round game sharpening. I think that's showing now in the you know, good work with Billy Mercer and the goalkeeping unit, um, and, and good that he's activating in games, because he does look very, very sharp and they're playing very well. <clears throat> I also like to... I also wanted to ask you about um, management. You had another milestone. We won't go into talking about your time at Burnley and memories and all that stuff again after all these years. But do you think that management is becoming harder? The lifespan of a manager is, is getting shorter because I think four managers have left their job in the Premier League and the Football League this month and it's the fourth well, the witching season, literally, um, this time of the year. But they, uh, yeah, look, I mean, on the other hand, Neil Warnock, incredible. As he described himself, Marmite, but incredible what he's achieved with his numbers the other day. And people forget that's his main numbers. He's also been manager non-league many before that. David Moyes is going to hit his thousandth game, which I messaged him this morning. Fantastic. I just think my respect for the managers is enormous. But when you've been doing it for a thousand games, I think that's off the scale, personally, in the modern game, in the modern era of football. Um for myself, I just keep cracking on. You know, you, you take a few knocks, you take the good news and you, and you make sense of it. The thirst and the desire to continue working um, and to keep pushing your levels as well as all around you, then that keeps you hungry and it keeps that desire there to keep being successful or, or successful as people can deem in our job, um, which is sometimes tricky itself. You know, not, not, just, not just literal um, thoughts on success, actual success and the, the impression people have of success can vary radically between clubs. So there are a lot more challenges for managers. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the older managers do tell us young managers that as well. They actually tell you, they go, yeah, I think starting out now would be more difficult than when they were starting out. Um, but it is what it is. It's, it's normalised to us, you know, the managers around this area. It's all the very media, the social media. It's a, it's a new normal for managers at the moment. Um, but people have seen it differently down the years. They reflect on it and think it is tougher, um, this era and this generation of managers, certainly over the last five years when I've spoken to them about it, you know, some of the more mature and um, experienced managers than myself. I know you've spoken in the past about your relationship with the previous ownership and, and obviously the new ownership now, and, and you've been able to have this amount of time at the club and, and they've had faith and you've had faith in them, you know, vice versa. Have there been times in your Burnley career where you've thought to yourself, if I was at another club, if I was working under different owners, I could be in bother here? Not really. Um, I didn't really have the spells from, or certainly not internally, certainly not internally. Of course, when I was first there, I've, I've mentioned it on varying times, you know, I, I was getting a bit of heat then. Um, I knew what we were trying to do inside the camp and the strategy from in the camp wasn't seen as much through the fans. So I got a bit of heat then, but the board were always, you know, very calm about that situation. Um, 
I think probably the before we had the 23 undefeated to win it, I, I just sort of dropped that in. Um, I think that that season there, we were going into Christmas, we lost at Hull. I think there was a few noise of discontent then. I think there was a bit of, you know, angle, a bit of pre- Yeah, again, not from inside, I must say, but from outside, a little bit of heat coming on from noises around the club. Other than that, I must say, I think the, the people of Burnley have been very generous to me, you know, as a, as a, as a manager and as a person when I see them around. Um, so there's a, hopefully a mutual respect there that probably allows me a little bit more leeway. You never get as much as you'd like as a manager because people want, 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 and that's the way football works, you know. But I think I get a little bit more leeway from outside the camp, as in fans and sometimes the media, not always, and probably a little bit more strength inside because of my years of service and, and record here. So I think it's a... So far, it's a so good situation. You know, I've got a good relationship with the old boy and I've got a good relationship with this one. You mentioned David Moyes earlier. He obviously started managing as a player manager relatively young. You started relatively young yourself. You've done nine years at one club. Can you see yourself, even though you've said in the past you don't want to be a manager when you're 70, but could you see yourself kind of totting up those kind of numbers just from consistently being in work? I could see myself staying at work a while, but the, the point that I've made is when you, you're talking about latter life sometimes, now it depends, you know, joking apart, I do joke about it, but there is a serious edge to it, by the way, about, you know, you won't see me managing at 65 and all that, but it does depend on how you feel. You know, I've spoken to a lot of managers and they just have still have the, the desire, still have the thirst, still have the edge it takes. So maybe I'll get to them ages and I actually will still have that real edge and real desire for it. Maybe I won't. So I've got to wait and see. So... You know, I, I do project that I probably won't, um, but that's not just because of the game, don't forget. In fact, it's nothing to do with the game or the players. It's to do with what's involved in the game. You know, the way that that's in, in heightened, the, the expectation, the feel, sometimes not always a lack of reality. You know, and I'm not sure whether I buy into that for, you know, till I'm, well, goodness knows what age. But if you've got the thirst and desire and you see through all that and you get on with the game, you know, Roy Hodgson, Harry Redknapp, you know, these kind of people, they, they just kept going because they, they enjoyed it. They had a thirst for it. They felt they could offer something. So if I had that, maybe I'd change my mind. But at this moment, can't see that. Can't see me going until I'm, you know, 65, 68, 70, 72 and all that kind of stuff. As far as the game's concerned, I think it's pretty well accepted that in the Premier League, there's a, there's a group of clubs that are a different proposition. Those, those top clubs, Chelsea are, are one of them. Yep. There'll be very little in terms of external expectation on you going into this game. Is it really important, though, regardless of the result, that you do what you've been doing lately and get that standard of performance that you can take forward? I think it's vital against these teams because, you know, there, there, is, a, there is a gap between playing like sort of minded teams like ourselves um, compared to the, the superpower teams, especially when they're, when they're going well, of course, which Chelsea are. Um, can it be done? Yes, we've experienced that in the past when we've delivered performances that can win against these teams, but it is, it is tough. You're right, you know, it, we're, we're concentrating on the mentality. I know people on the outside, you know, it's, they don't give you a chance, but our, our mentality inside gives us a chance, that's for sure. You know, we're, we're thinking nothing other of how we can work as a team to get something from the game, that being a win as a start point. Not that easy, of course. If you can't get a win, you get a draw, and if you can't, then you're looking for performance levels that will in, in another game. So I think we're open-minded about that side of things, but our demand inside the camp is still to go there and perform to win. It just doesn't make it easy when you're playing them sides. And, and when you analysing a team like that and going through their strengths and the personnel that they've got, can you sometimes make it feel like an insurmountable task? Have you got to be careful that you don't emphasise those positive things about an opposition like this too much? Um, 
You probably have got to be, but not so much here because obviously we've worked here for a long time. We've worked with the group a long time. We're, we're, we've all become more rounded in the Premier League and what it is. So, you know, I think we give the players enough. I think they're aware of the opposition. You've got to remember that nowadays the coverage of football is so huge and so vast. A lot of the players have a, a really strong feel about what their opposition are like, what the players are like, um, and, and their experiences of playing against them. Um, we just reinforce some of the obvious things sometimes, some of the simple things, and sometimes actually strip it all back from the minutia and go, right, this is the, the you know very generalised view, the format, it's about what we do. So there's always a balance in any game, and we find that balance the best we can before the game to give them the information, but still give them the information about us and the reminders about us as well and what we're doing. Lovely, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Phil Medlicott, Press Association. Sean, sure. um, we've talked about uh, a couple of your attackers there, Chris Wood and Max Corner. I was just going to ask about Jay Rodriguez. Um, I mean, he didn't get off the bench uh, the weekend at a contract at the end of the season. Can you just talk about the extent to which he's still, you know, still an important player within the array of attackers that you have? Um, and do you sort of envisage getting into contract sorts of them? at some, some point soon before long? All, all the players here are important. Um, that's without a shadow. Uh, the idea of contracts, we're very open-minded about contract situations. Takes a little bit more time amongst the new board and their thoughts as well. And, and they're sorting out a lot of this football club, not just contracts. There's a lot going on, a lot of change they're looking to make in the way the club runs. Um, but Jay's a very, very good player. We know him. We know his history here, of course, as well. Very unfortunate, by the way. He banged four in and, and there's every chance he was going to start the next game and got injured and got injured on the Friday. So that was very unfortunate. Um, but that's sometimes football. But he's fit and ready. I just actually spoke to him in the week. He's training very, very well. He looks really sharp and fit. So, yeah, he's ready. Sorry, just... Thanks, uh, Alex James, please. Afternoon, Sean. Hiya. Um, we, we touched on earlier the um, that success you had at Chelsea on the opening day of the 2017-18 season, it would have been, wouldn't it? And I think you've spoken before about how that sort of set the standard for that that memorable year in the Europa League um, campaign that, that followed. Can sort of repeating the trick this weekend, as difficult as it'll be, have a, have a similar catalyst this time around in terms of backing up that Brentford win and, and kicking on a little bit? Yeah, I'm not sure it set the scene for a season. I don't think it was that easy and um, set a whole season's work off one game. But I think, you know, it was a very good result. Um, things I've, I've said this many times and I'll, I'll say it again, that you have to perform well. That has to be a marker. Sometimes you need things that go for you. And that day, there was a couple of big decisions went our way. They were correct decisions, but they still went our way. Um, we did perform very well. And we got, you know, what ended up being a deserved win, albeit with all the odds and odd circumstances. That did give us a platform to keep building on, that's for sure. But I think we're already, I think the platform's there. It's adding to the detail that I've been talking about. We did that very well against Brentford. Um, with all due respect, Brentford aren't, a Chelsea at the moment, but they did go down to Chelsea and delivered a very strong performance. Uh, sorry, against Chelsea, delivered a very strong performance. So, you know, it shows you that you can take on these teams, but you do need the things to go, some of the things to rub the right way for you. And, and certainly the, the marker that we look to, to give to any game is our performance. So that's one of the key things. Start with that and then we'll see what else comes our way. Just looking at that bench on Saturday and you've got pretty much, as you said, nearly everybody fit now. Is, is this squad sort of where you want it now in terms of depth, given what you've been able to do in the summer and the, the competition for places you now have? I think it's certainly a lot closer than it was. Um, we knew we needed com com uh, competitive players in, and I think we've done that, and I think that's shown. Um, obviously, Connor's still you know, maturing into the group, but he, I thought he performed well in the game that he played, and uh, uh, Nathan's come in and done well, and obviously Wayne came in and had a very strong performance up at Newcastle. Uh, Maxwell's done well as well. So I think that's... 
good platform to keep building on, good for the group and the competitive element. So, yeah, a lot of good in that. Um, we'll see where it takes us. We, you know, there's still a lot of hard work to do, but I think there are strong signs that this group's getting stronger as a unit and what we, what we look for them to achieve. Yeah, we, um, we touched on contracts earlier, and I know that's obviously a, a difficult situation to manage. Six or seven players are out of contract, and we're still early in the season. But I guess the key is to, as you say, use that as a platform and, and not get to a situation where three, four, five are leaving and you're having to, to rebuild each, each summer. It's about adding rather than, rather than always replacing, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they're not always tricky situations. At any given year, there's contracts up. So, you know, we, we talk with them, we keep their open minds. And like I say, the, Alan and, and the guys here are all, all aware, obviously. So that's an ongoing process. Within that, the idea of different contract stages rather than having lots up in one, one place is, is helpful, I think, if you get different stages of players and what, what their contracts are and how long they run for. Um, certainly for continuity, rather than having a, a stage when there are lots out. Um, but, but we manage whatever's needed. You know, at the minute, there's a few out at the end of this season. We'll look at them accordingly. And then as the months go by, we'll see what's needed to continue forwards. And just lastly for me, and Maxwell is dominating a lot of the talk at the moment, partly because we ask about five questions every week about him. But he still hasn't played, I don't think, 90 minutes in the Premier League yet. He's had a couple of sort of positional changes. Do you sort of see more to come from him once he's fully integrated into the squad a little bit? And does, does the international break? And I'm not sure if he's going away this month with, with the Ivory Coast. I'm not sure if that's been announced yet, but does that mean it takes it a little bit longer to, to get him up to speed on, on all aspects of things, given he's, he's been away a couple of times with the Ivory Coast? I think it can do. I mean, like I said, and you know, he's, he's a fit lad in general, but the Premier League, it's not just fitness how you imagine, just just covering the, 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 the miles. It's also the sharpness, the, the mental sharpness, you know, the, the transitions in Premier League are very quick, you know, and, and sort of observing, learning and, and feeling your way through that. Also, his language is, is improving. I mean, that's going to take a bit of time, but he is, he is getting better. Um, so that's helpful. And culturally as well, just, you know, learning about life in England, learning about living in the North, you know, all these things. They're all, they're all in the melting pot, but he certainly made a, a good show of himself so far on behalf of the team as well. Um, we want that to continue. I think he's enjoying the challenge of, of wherever we play him, actually. Um, you know, he does play with a smile. He does play with that enjoyable element to what he trains the same. You know, I think he enjoys his training, enjoys what we're about so far. We want that to continue. So we'll try our best to facilitate that while he's affecting himself and he's self-learning of what's going on in the Premier League, but also the team. And he's, and he's done that nicely at the minute. Does he practice clapping the fans in training, Sean? Or? It looks like it, the amount he did clap on last <laughs> week. But don't worry, we'll knock that out of him as soon as we can. <laughs> 